Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Wind Up, a Pitch podcast, where I, your host, Aaron Thompson, will take you through everything that happened on the week's latest episode of Pitch on Fox. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Wind Up. Pitch is back from its two-week hiatus, and a few of you might have noticed that my show took a little bit of a hiatus as well. In an unexpected turn of events, I've made the choice to change the platform that hosts uh, the Wind Up. Previously, we were on Podbean, but I decided to switch to SoundCloud. Podbean just didn't seem like the right fit at the moment, and I feel like I can reach more people with a show on SoundCloud. And because of that change, uh, I didn't get to do a recap of episode four. So this one's going to be a really short summary of episode four in a regular show concerning episode five. So now that the shop talk is out of the way, let's get started. Episode four is the break, and it's time for the all-star game. Mike's like throwing out his back. He has to pass on the game, but uh, it counts as his chance to try out a broadcast career. That's his phase two of his career. And there's been this huge social media campaign to put Jenny on the all-star team. And everyone's like, no, this isn't fair. She doesn't deserve to be there. And she knows she doesn't deserve to be there. And she gets named to the team over Blip to take Mike's spot. And her mom's visiting in town. All like She wasn't counting on being on the all-star team. So all the new all-star week events take the time away from spending the time with her mom. And Blip, Evelyn, and their twins take a trip to Disney World. When they get to the hotel, Blip gets a call saying he's named to the team because another player pulled his hamstring. And he wants it so bad because it's the All-Star game. Like, he's already been an All-Star center fielder. Like, I don't even know how many times. But this one's in front of the home crowd. It's at Petco Park. He wants to see the Jets tip his hat to the home crowd and be an all-star again. Evelyn isn't too happy about it. Like, she's happy he got named to the all-star team, but she's not happy that their family vacation has been ruined again because she spends so much time with the kids on her own. And because their dad is away all the time for road trips or away all day every day for practice when it's home games and she's like give me a minute of disappointment I'll take the kids to the theme park myself so he goes to the game he plays does uh they don't really show how good he does but I assume he does pretty good and he comes back to Evelyn and the kids in Orlando and says like the best moment in his life was when he bought a uh bought something from the concession stand from her and he wasn't even hungry he just wanted to talk to her and uh, while that's going on Jenny and her mother have dinner but she invites Mike and Amelia to make it less awkward and then her mom invites this guy and we find out that it's the guy that her mom was having an affair with while her dad was still alive so Jenny's not too happy about this guy being there. And we see that somehow it starts to kind of shapes the relationship between Jenny and her mother. And it strengthens her desire to go even harder in practice for baseball. 
because she wasn't going to go to the school dance and wanted to be girly and everything. She races home and her mom is with this guy. So she's like throwing harder and angrier and everything at her dad. And from what we saw, she never told her dad about it. So uh, while that's going on in the episode, Oscar gets this Cuban catcher that has defected from Cuba. He's 26 instead of 22, so they could sign him without getting taxed and everything. So he goes across the world to sign this Cuban catcher, connects with them about how they were poor in a Hispanic country, and he knows what he needs to be brought up in the major leagues. And the guy is just like, I'm not sitting behind Mike Lawson. So they sign him, wind up signing him to AAA to build up his rapport with the organization. And at the end, there's a phone call between Mike and Jenny. And part of it, it kind of feels like it borders on the edge of flirting. It's like they're, Mike is teasing her. They're being friendly, but it might be a little bit over-friendly. And uh, that's the very basic summary of episode four. Now, for episode five, it's called Alfonso Guzman Chavez. It's the latest episode. It's the comeback from the hiatus. So, all-star games happen. They're coming back. And it's the trade deadline. Oscar and his team, the whole episode, they're trying to find out who they need, who they can trade, and if they have these people, can they make it to the playoffs? And every other team in the league is doing the same. Padres get their sixth win in a row while all this is going on for the trade deadline. And Mike wins it with an in-the-field, or in-the, yeah, it's in-the-field home run. He's like, remind me to hit it out of the park next time, I'm too old for that. And Jenny tells uh, this other pitcher, Butch, that uh, he's fine for costing her a W as long as the runs don't get counted to her. And Tommy's just like, oh, you're learning, Grasshopper. And... Like, right after that, all the guys are worried about being traded. Like, Butch already has a bag packed just in case, so he's not wound up in Kansas City with one pair of boxers. And Mike is not worried at all. Jenny is worried about everyone. But Mike has a no-trade clause, and it's an amazing thing to have whenever your career involves so heavily upon players being traded. And he tells Jenny, like, you're not going anywhere because she is, like, the name in baseball because she's the first female player. And everyone else is checking their phones constantly. So Mike is like, don't worry. You're not going to hear what's happening with your career over Twitter. You're going to hear it from the G GM. And then Oscar, the GM, comes in after everyone is just eased up a little and ruins all of it. It's like, just by walking through to talk to Al, he ruins the entire mood. <laughs> so, he's t Oscar's talking to Al, and he's like, okay, if you get these players, are we making it to the playoffs? And Al, <laughs> like, jokes around about how he has super long eyelashes, and says, if you get me those players, we're contenders. So, he's got to figure out a way to do it. <laughs> it's like, there's no other choice. 
So he goes to meet with the new head of baseball operations. Uh, I believe his name's Charlie. Let me check. Yeah, I believe that's it. Uh, I didn't write it down in my notes. But uh, he goes to meet with a new head of baseball operations. And he's like, okay, we need to be a buying team. We need to like, get these players if we want to make the pay like the playoffs and he's like okay yeah um maxine has given me full control or whatever you could do buy whoever you need but you need to cut two million dollars from payroll and it's like impossible when you're trying to buy these really expensive really good players but you can't get rid of your key people and you have to cut two million dollars and then at the Sanders house, after that, we see Jenny is, like, really part of the Sanders family. Like, she's playing games with the twins, setting the table for dinner, and we get the feeling that she's there a lot because she's, like, it's again, it's my turn to set the table. <laughs> and especially when uh, everyone's looking at a house that she's been looking at, the prize has dropped, and Blip is, like the realist of the three where he's like i can't buy a new house right now three days before the trade deadline and jenny's just like no you can't leave you're my only friends <coughs> i'm sorry uh then we get flashback number one of the episode and this flashback jenny's older now she's played by kylie so we know and it's in 2010 and in North Carolina, so we know it's most likely around the time her father died in the car crash. And she's on her bike watching this guy walking out of a house and get in a moving truck. And it's just kind of like, what the hell is going on? And we get a flashback inside the flashback. The guy's name is Jordan, and he's the new second baseman for Jenny's team. And when we see the coach, we see his shirt says Mustangs. And if you remember... The flashbacks from Bill Baker's death, it happened after the Mustangs won the state championship. So we have more of a narrow range of when these flashbacks can exactly be taking place. They're going to start through warm-ups, and they make it clear right away neither one of them wants to date the other since they're teammates. But Jordan's just like, well, how do you feel about making friends? And he's like, I have a DVD of The Living Color. We can watch it after practice someday. Now, back in the present day, Mike and Amelia are together again. He wants her to stay at his place, but she's like, oh, I have to leave. I forgot my night guard. If I don't wear it, I get migraines and whatever. And they walk out and see Amelia's car and her side mirrors have been, like, busted off, like, hanging off the side of her car now. And Mike messes up. He's like, I hate this groupie-on-groupie crime. And Amelia is not about that life. Like she is a high-profile woman. She's not a groupie. And he like doesn't mean it as her being a groupie. He means it as the other person that vandalized her car being a groupie. And we go on to Oscar in the training room. They've got one trade through. It's Butch leaving. they got two to go, but their payroll's still high. And like that kind of negotiation and payroll cutting is intense and definitely not easy. There's a movie that goes really into it. It's called Moneyball. And if anyone hasn't seen it, I highly recommend it. It's an amazing movie. Now, Jenny's still freaking out about Blip getting traded. 
So she has the only person she knows about it that would know uh, what's going on, and it's Elliot. He's like super into fantasy baseball. So he goes around, like, all around the league and his team and everything else. And very basically, after the runaround, <laughs> explains to Jenny that as long as Alfonso Guzman Chavez stays an Oriole, Blip stays a Padre. And we get another flashback. Jordan and Jenny are watching TV after studying. Jordan's dad hasn't showed up to get him. Bill is like, Jenny has a bullpen in the morning. She needs to go to sleep. And he, like, Jordan's just like, my dad should be here soon. I'm super sorry. But then Bill and Jenny wind up taking him home. And when Jordan gets out of the truck, his dad comes out of the house and he is obviously drunk. And beforehand, Bill's like, oh, your dad must be a busy man raising you by himself and everything. So with that, knowing that Jordan's dad is a single father and that Jordan's dad is an alcoholic, we can only assume that Jordan's home life isn't really that great. Back in the present day, Mike gets Amelia a loner car while hers is in the shop, but Amelia takes it as being treated like a groupie and informs Mike that she's old enough and fine to rent her own car if she needs one. And like, I completely understand Amelia's reaction to it, but I can't help but feel for Mike when he says he just wanted to make sure she had something to drive while her car was in the shop. So I just got the feeling that Mike's really starting to care about Amelia. He just might not show it in the best ways when he's trying to go about expressing his feelings. After this, we see uh, another one of the guest stars for the episode, Josh Peck. He's playing Ross, and he's helping Oscar with everything that day, or for this episode. Uh, for the most part, it's just a lot of trade talk with Ross and Oscar, and so I'm not going to go too much into detail, but Josh Peck did really great. Um, <laughs> Oscar's supposed to be going to the dentist to get a root canal on an abscess tooth that he says that... Rhonda jinxed him because the last episode, she her lie was that he has an abscess tooth and had to leave this meeting. And I like the the parts of the episode where jo or where Ross, played by Josh Peck, is helping Oscar, and I think they're good moments in the show. But so much of it is just heavy on trade talk and phone calls. So for this purpose. I won't go too much into it, but if uh, you want to tweet me later, I'll be glad to talk about it if somebody wants to. And Amelia kind of spills the beans to Elliot about her and Mike. She's thinking he already figured it out because she's like, take this back to Mike Lawson Automotive. I don't want it anymore uh, or I don't need it. And he's just like, okay. <laughs> because he asked uh, if it's this one and she's like, whichever one's closest, I don't care. And she's like, you stop playing dumb about me and Mike. And he has no idea what she's talking about. And she's just like, it's a, it's a lot of word vomit all coming out. And he's just like blankly staring almost. So she's just like, uh, nothing's wrong with it. We're adults. It's fine. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> and uh, she tells him all about the groupie incident. And 
she could have handled that a lot better. Like, she is an agent. She knows how to use her words. But uh, I think that was what really shows that she cares about Mike, too. Because she knows how to compose herself. But she couldn't. And I feel like that's, uh, I don't, I don't want to say a reaction, but that's just kind of what happens. Whenever you feel so strongly about somebody, you just like fall over yourself. Back at the clubhouse, some of the trades have already gone through. Like Butch has, leave, Butch has already left. His uh, trade has came in. And Tommy's just like, Jenny, let's get out of here. Let's get away from the trade talk. So they go on a run in the stadium. When they're done, he's like, it sucks that Butch had to leave. Like, he was my boy. Our f kids were such good friends. And even this little moment between the two of them made me so happy. Because it feels like Jenny's finally starting to make a real friend on the team. And... It's someone that could be there to help her through everything. Uh, like how Shamir Anderson's character told her a few weeks ago that she needs somebody to help her through it because it's not going to get any easier. So I really felt like Tommy could have been that person. And uh, at, right after this, we get another flashback. And Jenny and Jordan are underneath the bleachers at school drinking bottles of root beer. We find out Jenny has a scholarship to play baseball at North Carolina State, and she just wishes Jordan was going with her, and he's like, uh, we can't afford it, I don't have your arm, just don't forget about me. And we see that Jenny really had a true, genuine friendship, but at this point, we have no idea what happened to stop that friendship, because how we've seen them talking and hanging out, you would assume that they would have continued the friendship by now. Because in Showtime, it's only been five years? Five, maybe six. So we uh, know that, well, just from our own real-life experiences, we could see that if we're that close with somebody, we want to hold on to that friendship, but... Jenny has not talked to him or seen him in the present day that we've seen, so we have to assume that something's happened. And uh, we go back to the present day, and that's another thing that I hate about these flashbacks. Like, this episode, I liked the flashbacks. I felt like they had something to add to the story. They weren't just there like so many of the flashbacks have been in the show, but it's a lot of back and forth between the scenes in the present day and the flashback scenes. But back in the present day, Jenny and Tommy go back in the tunnels, going back to the clubhouse. And Tommy's wife and son are there. And he's like, oh, here, meet my family. And for anyone that's seen enough dramas, you know this has got to be some kind of foreshadowing. They wouldn't have Jenny meeting them unless something is going to happen to them later in the episode. But uh, Jenny doesn't even meet the kid, basically, because there's a rumor about Blip on some trade website. So she, like, meets the wife and then bounces because she's so worried about Blip needing to stay in San Diego because she needs him. And it's not even about, like, what might be best for Blip because he has an affordable contract with the Padres. 
and he's just a good all-star player. So there's a lot of teams that would probably pay him a lot more money. So it would probably be better if, or better financially, if Blip had gotten traded. But Jenny just is like, no, I need you to stay here. I need my friend. You can't leave. Um, and at this point, with all the trade rumors, Evelyn has kicked Blip out of the house for a little bit. <laughs> And he's staying with Mike because she's like, you can't be here checking your phone all the time. You need to go just talk with somebody that's not going to have these rumors floating around. And Mike is the one person that's not because he can't be traded. So somehow, when he's talking with Mike and playing pool with little to no information, he pieces together just Mike... Didn't, like rejecting a phone call from a girl that he and Amelia are sleeping together. <laughs> There's no way anyone I know could have done that. But he is like Sherlock Holmes and got it with little to no information. So he tells him, you have to tell Jenny. It's like, you don't want her to hear from anybody else. It's going to mess up everything you've done, everything you've worked for. And he's just like, yeah, I know. So when Blip gets home, him, Evelyn, and Jenny find out Alfonso Guzman Chavez has been traded. And Blip and Jenny know what that means. Evelyn doesn't. So uh, Jenny is just like, well, that, you, there's a chance you'd still stay whatever, and Blip just does not want to hear it. He, like, goes off on her saying, I can't worry about you being happy when I have, like, I have to come to the realization that I might have to wake up my kids in a few minutes and move them across the country. And it's understandable for Blip to go off like that because Jenny is so worried about herself and how she needs her friends in San Diego that she hasn't realized that Blip isn't worried about just himself. He's worried about Evelyn. He's worried about his twins. He's worried about the rest of his career. It's so much stuff that is going on with Blip. And he can't control getting traded. He doesn't have a no-trade clause. He's just a normal baseball player. So he could get traded at any time before the deadline. Even if it's five seconds before the deadline's over. That's just like his reality. Because he doesn't have the huge name and huge stardom and huge social media fan base that Jenny does. And she does not have the no trade clause that Mike does. So while they're the only two people that have to worry about not getting traded, everyone else is sweating it the whole time until the deadline's over. And Amelia goes to show Jenny some mock-ups the next day. And she explains to her, like, Jenny, you're the most valuable person on the team right now. She doesn't mean it as a disrespect to her teammates, but she's just like, no one else is in your position, and your position is never going to be more important than it is right now. So if you want something, you have to go and ask for it. And she cites all these things. It's like, do you know how Clooney got to direct? He asked for it. Do you know how this got this? She asked for it. So in some cases, like that's totally true. Uh, I know growing up, my parents were always just like, oh, if you want something, just ask for it. The worst thing to tell you is no. And that's true. 
but sometimes when you ask for something it could be super out of line and <laughs> some people will tell you that which is what happens when Jenny goes to Oscar she goes in and she's like this might be out of line but and she just goes straight in saying that uh, because Amelia's like if Blip makes your life easier then you have to tell them that they cannot trade him so Jenny goes into Oscar's office and she's like, look, I make enough money for this team with all the seats in the stands, all the jerseys sold. And she's like, you can't trade Blip. Like, what about his family? You're going to move him across the country. And Oscar like, does not like that. He goes, shuts the door and is like, this is baseball. Like, we pay guys boatloads of money to play a kid's game. And then we trade them where they can get paid boatloads of money somewhere else to play a kid's game. <laughs> and then through collective bargaining, they can become free agents and decide themselves to move somewhere else for boatloads of money to play a kid's game. <laughs> so Oscar is not cool with Jenny coming in there. And because of that conversation, Oscar knows the missing piece to get all these trades through for the players that he needs. He needs to trade a center fielder. And that's Blip's position. So I started to feel like Jenny might have just screwed over Blip because needing to trade a center fielder was not on Oscar's radar until Jenny came in and said you can't trade Blip. So he's just like called these teams like and he's trying to figure it out and part of me like would understand Blip getting traded because that's just the business of baseball. And then the other part of me would be like heartbroken almost that uh, Blip would be leaving, Evelyn would be leaving because I love Blip and Evelyn so much. But I also really love Evelyn's friendship with Jenny. And them getting traded would just like disrupt all of that. And I don't know how I would feel about it for the rest of the show. So Oscar is making the call to get the trades he needs. And there's another flashback. It's Jordan, Jenny, and Bill at one of the games. Bill leaves a message for Jordan's dad. He's like, your son's thrown great. Uh, it would mean a lot to him if you were here. I know you're busy. That kind of stuff. And we see inside the house. And Jordan's dad is like flat out wasted. He's on the couch. The TV's going. Pouring himself another drink. And he just passes out. Uh, he wakes up. He listens to the message. And he like it clicks in his head that he said he was going to be at the game. So he grabs his keys and he is at least still a little intoxicated, and he's super impatient. Because on the way there, he listens to a message on his cell phone, and it says his son, Jordan, saying, like, Dad, I'm at the field, are you coming? Like, whatever, so he's super impatient. He is at a light, and instead of waiting for it to change, he just runs it, because he needs to get to the field for his son. And on the while he runs the red light, he swerves out of the way of a car and runs straight into a truck. And for those kind of people that pay attention to a lot of the details, 
you can see right away that the front of that truck that he runs into is Bill's truck. And this time we see a little bit more details of the accident. Roy is Jordan's dad. He's talking to the police. Bill's body is covered on the street and there's blood all over the sheet that's covering him. Jenny's crying on the curb like we've seen in a lot of the flashbacks and trailers. But Roy looks over at her and he has this look on his face. It's like, it's worse than knowing he messed up because Bill wasn't just a random guy. It was his son's best friend and her dad. Because in that accident, Jenny could have been killed too. It wasn't just Bill at risk there, but Bill was the one that just happened to fly through the windshield. Back in the trade room, uh, Oscar is trying to trade for a center fielder. And even the Cubs GM says, like, you have Blip Sanders, you don't need a center fielder. And Oscar's just like, yeah, I know, I need another one. So at this point, after Jenny's conversation, he knows he needs a center fielder to trade. But he can't get rid of the ones he already has because Blip is an amazing player and he's super affordable. So he needs one just to trade him away. When you think about it, it's super messed up with how the trading system works. And these guys are just getting bounced back and forth constantly. And I wish that they could stay in one place, especially if they're... Uh, all the trades are going through within days of the deadline like it was in this episode. I wish that they could just stay in their home for the three days until the end of the deadline. And if whatever the final trade for them was, just go to that place. Instead of going from San Diego to Texas to Atlanta to Tennessee, like back to San Diego. like It's just a lot of unnecessary bouncing and if you want to get environmentally friendly with it it's super bad for the environment with being on all those flights just saying <laughs> and while all that's going on with oscar trying to get his trades through blip and jenny are waiting out the deadline together there's like 10 minutes left and blip's just like i'm sorry for going off on you last night can i just hang out in here because jenny has her own little rock locker room now it still looks like the clubhouse attendance room but it looks a little better now than it did in the first episode so blips just sitting there with her and they both grab their phones like just wait looking at a deadline countdown and uh they're waiting it out oscar ross the rest of the front of office team they're making all the trades they need because they need the Padres to get to the playoffs. And Charlie, he's the new head of baseball operations uh, that I mentioned earlier. He comes in, tells Oscar, like, congratulations, we're on to the waiver wire. And Oscar's like, wait, what? <laughs> because they have their Cuban trip catcher in AAA, that's uh, Levon, that Oscar signed in the last episode. And Charlie wants Oscar to talk to Mike about being traded and he's like it has to be his idea because he has no trade clause and in the locker room we see Butch is right back there he got traded at the beginning of the episode and then like during the episode I was like Butch Butch has been traded and they're like yeah we know he's gone 
And we're like, no, he's been traded again. So he got traded from the Padres to the first team, traded from the first team to the second team, and then he was part of the three-way deal. So that was four trades, at least four trades that they had on camera where Butch was just moving around nonstop because they kept trading him. And when Butch is back, uh, we see Jenny come up and she's like, oh, Tommy, your boy's back. And she looks over and his locker's empty. And one of the other guys is like, oh, yeah, he got sent to the Cubs like 15 minutes ago. And that leads back to the meeting of the family. So I just had that feeling that something was going to happen. And it sucks because that friendship had so much potential to be great. And now it's just gone because Tommy got traded. And I feel like that is a real situation when it comes to baseball players. Because they can get really close to somebody on their team. And they can get to know them for weeks, months, years. And then all of a sudden, they're gone. And there's nothing you could do about it. Uh, part of me just thinks that if Jenny hadn't been so worried about Blip being traded, then she would have been in the locker room with everyone else when Tommy got traded, and she at least could have said goodbye to him. And the last flashback that we get is a continuation of the first one, where Jenny saw Jordan getting out of the house and getting into the moving car, or moving truck, sorry. And he looks down at her from the cab of the truck and he just looks on his face like he's super sorry and doesn't even begin to know what to say. And she just like pedals off her bike and she looks like she's about to cry. And it makes sense that she would do that because now in present day, whenever she thinks about Jordan, she's understandably you're going to think about his dad and causing her father's death. And we can understand at that point, that is why she's not friends with Jordan anymore. And at least on camera, does not talk to him, does not text him or anything. Because if you want to twist it around, him playing baseball with her caused her father's death. And that's like a kind of stretch to think about, but Jordan left the message for his dad that he was at the field. Bill left the message for his dad that Jordan was playing great and everything. And then his dad made the stupid decision to drive intoxicated to go pick up his son or to at least go see his son. And it ended in Bill's death. And it's not an ideal situation for a teenager to be put in. Especially when it's that teenager's best friend's dad that did it. Back in present time, Mike has gone as far as buying Amelia the best night guard he could find. So she could stay at his place. And she starts talking about, like, you know, mine is custom. Like, they do x-rays and molds in my mouth and, like, the whole shebang. So it starts sounding like she's trying to make an excuse before she pulls the night guard out of her purse. And she's like, and that's why I started carrying it with me. And at that point, they both agree that they have to tell Jenny. And that same night, 
Jenny is at the Sanders house and you could just assume she stays there a lot. And she at least is staying there for that night because it's dark out from what we've seen. She does not have a car and she's just hanging out with the twins on the couch eating popcorn and she's going to let them watch in living color. The next day at the clubhouse, Amelia finds Jenny and she lets her know that she's been seeing Mike for a few weeks. And on the surface, Jenny just blows it off as like, Amelia, it's your personal life, whatever. As long as you're happy, I'm happy. And Amelia just tells her she didn't want her to find out from anyone else. And when she's like, okay, I have to go get dressed for the game, Amelia walks off and Jenny gets a call from Mike. But she denies it. And you can't really tell her exact feelings about it. Uh, this look on her face is, it looks kind of hurt. So you have to think, uh, was she starting to like Mike as more than a friend? Was she hurt or maybe feeling betrayed that Mike wasn't the one that told her? Because they had formed such a good relationship together as pitcher and catcher. And maybe more than that. From what I mentioned earlier, what happened in episode four. And there's just a lot of things going on. Like, does she not want Mike and Jenny to really be together? Because she thinks it's going to mess with her and her agent? Or there's a lot of possibilities about that phone call and the rejection of it. And I think that's it for episode five. Uh, in our tiny summary episode four. I think it was about a five minute summary. Uh, next week is the episode I've been waiting for. Lindsay Fonseca is guest starring and uh, for those of you who don't know she starred in Nikita as Alexandra Udinov. Uh, for those that watched How I Met Your Mother she was the daughter on the couch for all those years and uh, from the looks on the promo uh, Jenny well, Jenny is going to this party about her Nike release and everything. Uh, Lindsay Fonseca's character is a waitress at this party. And she's just like, let's get out of here. Let's have fun. And it looks like they might be getting in a little bit of trouble. Not like legal trouble, but parties, tons of alcohol. Something's always bound to go wrong. And I'm looking, I'm really looking forward to it. And I hope that uh, Lindsay can come back depending on what happens in the next episode. So that's all for this week's episode of The Windup. I hope you liked it, and I'll catch you next time. And that has been this week's episode of The Windup. You can follow me, Aaron Thompson, on Twitter at AtinySpark22. You can follow Pitch at PitchOnFox. Be sure to tune in every Thursday night at 9, 8 central when the new episode airs. And any episodes you've missed, you can catch them on fox.tv slash watchpitch and be sure to subscribe to The Windup for the next episode.